0: This is Two Teams, One Street, and the Evening Telegraph. The podcast is obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United you are. This week it's a Derby special. Find out if your team's going to win. Find out why they're going to win. And you've got a quiz about it. Hello, and welcome to this week's Two Teams, One Street, a special Derby edition but more of that later. I'm Tom Duthie, podcasting me with...
1: Duh.
0: I'm still Tom Duthie and still podcasting with me this week. Our George Cran. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. And our new Dundee United man, Alan Temple. Hello. Who's been on the show before and he was quite good so we found a pa- place for him. <laughs> I was going but to not the top chair, George. Not yours. I was wondering what that long pause was going to be <laughs> followed by I was trying to think of something good to say. <laughs> oh, that's understandable It I was then. nothing personal, but I was just, <laughs> I, was, I should have thought what I was going to say But when I started the say <laughs> it, really, shouldn't I? But something. I've not made a hammer. Now, just a bit of housekeeping first of all, if you can hear any background noise. For a change, we haven't broken it. Because Mari, our photographer, is in taking our pictures. I've even put a shirt on and I and shaved this morning, Mary. You're very lucky. I would have washed my hair, but I've got it all cut off, as you'll see in the pictures. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. Let's start with Dundee United this week since Alan's in his first permanent slot on the show. And those of us in the know, Alan actually predicted the draw at <laughs> Hibs. I, I get a prediction right so rarely that I really have to highlight that. But top six secured. Oh, you would assume so. It
2: would take a good.
0: They're going to at like Dundee when they die.
2: <laughs> It would take a catastrophic uh, sequence of results for Dundee United not to get that top six place. And yeah, since I started covering Dundee United, it's a last gasp, dramatic winner at St Mirren and a pretty creditable draw at Hibs. So yeah, it's all it's all plain sailing. It's uh, I'm assuming it's always sweetness and light and uh, happiness covering Dundee United because uh, it's all I'm getting so far.
0: Good. Start I see from George's notes for this week's uh, pro, uh, programme, he's put that Hibs dominated possession. <laughs> <But> <laughs> and chances. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was shots, more, more the dominated yeah. possession. Is that not, not really a tactic for teams against Hibs just now? Let them have the ball because mm, they don't yeah, do much do. with it for a long periods of time in
2: games. 100%. Hibs can be quite... Um, impotent in the final third to be perfectly honest Um, and you could see that Dundee United once they got their opener were willing to sit back a little bit however at the same time I think they did give Hibs too much encouragement because they were managing the game really well for about 35 minutes then they got deeper and deeper and lost their out ball invited pressure and I think that allowed Hibs to take a little bit control of the game control the rhythm of it but and in the end you know, Elias Melkerson misses an absolute sitter in injury time, which should have got all three points for Hibs. So, um, a little bit of a, a fortuitous finale for Dundee United, but at the same time, the results all that matters at this stage of the season and it's a result that, um, as we'll touch upon, means all they need to do is not lose at home to Dundee to get in the top six. And even if they do lose, uh, they would need some other teams to step up to the plate. So, yeah, it would be a Collapse for the ages, not to um, not to tempt fate. Yeah,
0: bear is on. Says that's that. We can sort of nitpick in uh, over what happened in the ninety minutes, but at this time of the season, that is what the final score says is all that counts.
3: Absolutely, and um, I think it was a typical Dundee United performance from from what I saw. I didn't see the full game; I saw the highlights. You know, but they've been well, they've shown they're well capable of soaking up pressure in games and and, and getting goals at the same time. You know, and uh, they fully deserve to be where they are, and as Alan says, it's it'd be a catastrophic sequence of results for them not to get that that spot, but what they've got to keep their eye on as well is that European spot. You know, they're in there at this point in time, they're in the box seat for that, and if they can get the, the win at the weekend in the derby, they can, they can they can stretch that lead even further, so they should be looking at that, and you know, not just trying to get over the line, but, but pushing on even further, and... You know, thing, things are looking good for Dungeon. After, after a little dip in form, they seem to have, have, have bounced back well. The one at St Myrne was pivotal on pivotal that. There's no doubt about that. And the way the way it came about with the last the last gasp goal, as you like, it seems to have lifted the, the whole club now. And uh, they can look forward to, to the final, final round of games with anticipation and excitement for the fans as well.
0: Is it just me? Because you know that arithmetic's not my biggest <laughs> strong point. I can't even see how they don't finish in the top six. There's, there, there definitely is ways Is that there a way? <laughs> right. Yes. Sure. And, so um, it's just me. <laughs> and to be honest,
2: they're too circuitous and um, uh, thorough for um, a kind of knockabout podcast, but we do, we will have if you want to go on the... <laughs> well,
0: I've run it down there.
2: Yeah. If, <laughs> if, if you want to go on the... Oh yeah.
0: If, if Hibs win, Ross County win in Livingston. Muller
2: are
4: playing Livy. Oh. So they can't both win. Yeah. But United would need to lose, and all three of those results would have to go.
2: And there would need to be uh, three goal swings as well, because Dundee to have a superior goal difference. So, yeah, we. So there are uh, no holidays on Saturday. Well, as, uh, I mean, as Bear says, it's certainly not holiday time, it's thinking about European football time. Yeah, if, they can, yes. if they can secure top six and who knows, touch wood, maybe even start to play with a little bit of freedom if they get that top six play sorted, because that was the state of game at the start of the season. So don't maybe, tell Dundee so, fans that. <laughs> so, ah. so maybe if they do get that top six play sorted, we might see a, a Dundee United side playing with a wee bit more freedom, perhaps.
0: Yeah, more of the, the Derby later, George, but that's the downside for the... The Dundee fans, United—they're pretty much secure in the top six, but they're looking at a bigger prize. Yeah, the,
4: uh, yeah, the pressure is probably off in in that regard, but fourth is is right there for them. As as Bear says, that's that's got to be the the main focus now. Um, and there'll be pressure from. Well, we're going to talk about the derby later, but there'll be pressure from the stands as well to to keep up the the form they're on. Um, so, in, in one sense, there could be a bit of freedom. Given them because of the, the position they've put themselves in. Um, I was interested actually reading your uh, Kim McDonald stuff uh, just the other day, how frustrated they are that they hadn't already secured top six uh, in the games that they'd had previously, they'd had the chances to do that. Um, so it sounds like the players are feel like there's a lot more in them.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think it would be completely wrong in their second season back up to knock top six in any way. But it's the problem for United fans and the players maybe themselves in Tam courts, Alan, that at their best, they would have secured. There might have been a long way to skewer in fourth already, never mind the top six. And it's just, they have periods in games where they the look every inch a top four team and, and other periods in, ga- in games where they don't look terrible, but they're a bit passive.
2: Yeah, I think Tam Quartz would accept that it's not exactly been champagne football all season. Um they're sitting fourth in the league, having scored twenty nine goals all season. They've scored twenty nine goals and thirty two matches for the team sitting fourth in the league. Um says a lot not only about perhaps Dundee United's attacking impetus, but it says also a lot about the standard of the division from um, kind of fourth place to 10th to place. It's massively exciting and it's great to watch, but let's not kid ourselves that this is a vintage Premiership season because it's not this parity smacks of a lack of standout quality rather than anything else. So, um, of course, Dundee United fans will want more. Tam Courts will want more. He'll think there's more in the tank for this team, but the bottom line is... is As you say, second season back in the top flight, we can nitpick about performances, but if they get top six football, it has been a successful season and also a laudable season for a manager who has a lot of question marks over him and is in his first season as a manager of a club at this level. So all told on the pitch, which is we always get told all that matters is results. Dundee United are on the verge of it being a successful season. Everything else can come with time, building process. You know, start to gradually get a little bit more exciting and get towards that that silky soccer that the, the fans want.
0: Yeah, Bear, I mean Alan mentioned Tom Courts here. Let's let's be honest. A lot of people thought he wouldn't see Christmas in his job, uh, and he's he might well be working at the start of July in Europe this year. So he's done well, and we will we'll talk about how much pressure. A lot of pressure on him. Uh, doesn't matter how much he backed his own ability. It's a big, a big step up from mm-hmm. his previous first team experience. Was at Kelty when they were a junior side. He was coaching youth players who, by all accounts, are easier to manage than first team players, especially uh, experienced pros. He's handled it very well.
3: Yeah, hats off to him. Hats off to Tam Courts. Hats, hats off to the club as well because it was a very bold appointment I think at the time Um, there's no doubt he was under under serious pressure before the ball was kicked I think the fans would admit that that they were unsure what to expect if things had gone the other direction and they had struggled uh, big time you wonder if if the board would have have stuck with him but to be fair he he got off to a flying start there's absolutely no doubt about that United made a brilliant start to life in the Premiership Um, and you know I, I think that well, you know where his background was in, in junior football with Kelly, who are now obviously a senior team. Um, he spent a lot of time on the training ground at Tannadice, and I think that continuity helped helped him greatly. He knew the players; they knew him as well. It wasn't as if he was a complete stranger, and I think that helped the transition. You know, from the training ground to being the man who was actually fronting up the team and, and picking the team on a Saturday, and he's done fantastically well. There could be no no doubt about that. I mean. Where he's got that, that, that team to this season, to on the brink of European football, I mean, what an achievement that would be. And there would be a case, and I've got to say this, uh, if Tam Courts gets united into European football this season, there's a case for him, you know, be, being nominated certainly for the manager of the year. And I, I seriously mean that. I mean, given, given where he's come from and, and where he's taken the club from, you know, and... Uh, I think it's been all good for Tam Courts, and I think as, as much as being the manager and putting good teams on the park, he's been he's he's been an advocate for introducing young players week after week after week, and very few of them have let him down. I think that's that shows what the work that he's done on the training ground. Everything that they're not asked to do anything differently. That the they go into the team and they look as if they, they've been there for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine games. They slaughter it in without any problem, and very few have let him down. Um, so, yeah, hats off to Tam Courts, and I think he's also handled himself very well with the media. You guys have dealt with him at, at first hand. You've seen it, and he, he talks very well after games. He's open, and he's honest. And, yeah, it's all plus points for Tam Courts. but as everything, Tam, you know, we've got the Derby coming up on Saturday, and... Um, He's already had a Derby victory this season. I'm sure he'd like to add another one to, to, to that sort of CV of his, but uh, if it goes in the wrong direction, then he'll be getting it in the neck. But overall, I think Tam Coates can be very, very happy with his lot at at, at this point in time.
0: And Bear mentioned the the, the young players there, lads. Uh, Ross Graham, the latest one. Although, and, and this is a positive. I, is Ross Graham maybe the exception? When you look at his build, he's Freak's the wrong word, but he's one of those that he's, he's ahead of his he's ahead of his years physically. Uh, he's maybe the least surprising success of all the young players that have came in because, I mean, the way I would always put it, a centre-forward running onto the pitch to play against him wouldn't immediately pick him out as the kid because yeah. he's physically ready for the Premier League. It's
4: Speaking to him uh, a few weeks ago, I managed to interview him and mentally seems very ready for it as well. He was very calm, very assured about what he was saying. And a lot of young kids aren't when their microphone's thrust under their their nose and they have to come up with things to say. Um, But he he handled it absolutely perfectly. Um, And he really impressed me with his kind of attitude and the way he talked about the game. And you could see that when he's on the pitch as well, Um, very calm. He's getting goals as well. He, He must be... Getting on a to top top The <laughs> United haven't scored many goals at all this season, but I think that was three. a. Jo- I think oh, no, was I'm a George. The, I'm counting the. <laughs> I think you had well, your Dundee hat on there. I'm counting the. Uh, Scotland on the 20 goal. goals. That's, well, that's right? the thing. Although he has scored more goals than 21 this season.
0: I mean, Alan, you see him. You're watching him on the park, and he he does look to me. He's, he's, he's like when you say we need to get him out of the youths because he's ready for first team football.
2: Well, he was taken out the youths and sent to Dunfermline for the first half of this season and I saw uh, I said football. Uh, oh, he's, <laughs> he's a tiger. <laughs> do, we,
0: do we go to five?
2: He's, no, I was just going to say, I, he really, really struggled. You know, really struggled for myriad reasons, tactical um, style of football. He was being asked to play a struggling team. And for him to come back and do what he's done for club and country is... Nothing short of remarkable, and George talks about his maturity there, and nothing speaks to that more than the fact that he's taken those slings and arrows and criticisms and bounced back, and you know played marvelously for Dundee United and scored big goals and put in big performances against top top sides, and you know some of the uh, some of the criticisms he got could have. Really, really derailed the career of a young player with a lesser mentality. So, uh, quite aside from how well he's playing, and he does have great attributes—big, strong, fast, left-footed—which all managers want from a, a centre-half these days. Um, aside from that, uh,
0: mental—you know—mentally clearly a strong, strong kid. Right, I'll
1: stop there.
0: Yeah, and George, just to sort of continue the Tam Courts' great theme on today, this week's show. Especially for a rookie manager, it's a, it, it shows his confidence in his own judgment and in Ross Graham that he looked at a boy who was struggling in a struggling team in a lower division and said, "You can come back here and feature in our first team in a successful season."
4: Yeah, well, there'd be a lot of managers who just wouldn't do that. They wouldn't even consider uh, kind of throwing a, I guess, a young player who'd been through a, a tough spell and, and taken some taking some hits. Um, You'd think his confidence would probably be hurt by that spell at Dunfermline, but it seems like that they had a chat when they came back, and and Tam Courts just told him, "You're going to get a chance, so it's up to you to take it." And it, that seems to be his approach. Uh, kind of, it's not quite sink or swim. It's not as harsh as that. But it's, if if you're it, you're going to get a chance, so it's up to the young players to take. It. And I think that's a really kind of refreshing attitude. It's a lot of managers wouldn't really do it because it's a risk and particularly when it's your first season as a kind of senior manager and there's quite a lot at stake for a, for a, a career of a manager so it is, shows real confidence Courts and himself and the kind of methods they've put in place at United that the young players are coming through the system and they're ready for the first team it's not like they need experience in the first team but they've got everything set up for them in terms of the way the team plays and all that sort of stuff it's all they're in the player already so it's just, and they don't seem to be many of the young players that, seen them speaking after games and stuff. They don't seem particularly phased by playing at Ibrox and things like that, which speaks volumes for the kind of attitudes that could foster in the United. Um, so it's all good and good for seeing players getting in Scotland setups and stuff. That's but what we but like to see. Just
3: on just on George Graham, George. I mean, he's got to Dunfermline, as as Alan said, had had a hard time, but. Tom's right uh, as well. It's, it's, it was in a struggling team. Uh, Ross Graham's gone to a team where you know they're having yeah. problems at the back and he's having to do more than he, he's actually there to do. He's having to look after other th- other areas where the team isn't functioning well enough, maybe in front of him, maybe alongside him. Whereas at Tannadice... You're seeing it because the team is so well drilled. Oh, he's he's coming in Edwards, and he's having yeah. to do his own job. He's not having to yeah. do any more than that on the park, and that, that's a big asset. And It's fair play to uh, Tam Courts putting him back in, but he's had an instant response, yeah. and it's lifted the lad. And he's going on; everything he touches turns to gold. Well, that's, that's quite amazing yeah. what he's done. You know, internationally in the scoring against Rangers, everything he's done, and I'm really concerned for this week's derby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: I think yeah, I think that's. Part of, I think it's a really good thing to have. I think he's quite a lucky player so far. It feels that way because I remember the game against Rangers it was the ball hit, ball hit his arm. arm. Could quite easily have been a penalty. And then I think it was, was it him that pulled back Morelos or that there was a possible penalty at the other end and he, that didn't get given against him. And, and we, things like that, I'm not saying that as a kind of detrimental thing but It's good to be a lucky player. Yeah, for a young player, it could have been a big problem if
0: these decisions had gone against him. I mean, it'd probably been two bookings for a start.
4: And you'd rather be a lucky player than a good player as well. So, as the famous saying And if he's both.
0: Exactly. It's great. Well, good stuff, chaps. After this, we'll cross over to the other side of the street. Right, George. (laughs) Enough of the good news. Let's talk Dundee. Although, to be fair, a point against Aberdeen... Um, Mark McGee said it was a game that they definitely deserved something from I don't blame him for saying that but was it 100% accurate?
4: Uh, I think Aberdeen was probably the better side overall but it's, I, I would argue with him that the way Dundee approached it and the kind of attitude and determination they showed to get back into the game that they deserved something from it they they, they 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 created some decent uh, shooting opportunities at the start and then Aberdeen kind of took control. Aberdeen got had a few chances themselves. Um, but Aberdeen were probably the better side, but I didn't think they were they were amazing and didn't think they blew Dundee away or anything like that. Dundee kind of kept themselves in the game. The goal could have been a real killer blow. Uh, McRory has gone with just 10 minutes to go in this situation Dundee are in. So they, they showed a good a fight to get back into it, and Charlie Adam just showed how hugely important he is to the team. Um, came back from illness. Uh, Mark McGee actually said he'd been to the hospital, he'd taken himself to the hospital just a few days before. Hadn't returned, hadn't really trained, what, a couple of days after his injury as well, and he came back into the team and makes such a huge difference.
0: Yeah. Can I digress for just a minute, George? Two equalizers, great battling spirit. What well, part of Jordan McGee did the ball touch for the first equaliser? I've watched it about ten times, and I can only see an own goal. I assumed it was his head,
4: but I've not, I've not watched it. And in...
0: he does really well. He, yeah. he puts a lot of pressure on the defender at the back post. I don't know how it got in either. Yeah. It squeezed uh, through. As long as it did it's the main yeah. thing. But that's that's an aside. Uh, bear is what I mean. What George says is, if Dundee's attitude alone, you were pleased that they got a reward against Aberdeen because they battled right until the final whistle. Is that going to be enough going ahead? No, it won't be.
3: Battling, that should be a, a given. Where they are, I mean, you speak about sort of six cup finals left, and I hate that, you know, but that's exactly what they've got. But the, battling won't be enough. They're going to need to find a bit of quality to get to get victories, Tam. Um I thought on Saturday... I thought that's the best Aberdeen have played against Dundee. I think you, you see what Jim Goodwin's trying to install. The goals he scored were, were good goals. Mm. They were good goals. Uh, but fair, fair play to Dundee. I mean, they stuck, stuck at it. And, you know, they got got the equaliser. Obviously, two set play. Charlie Adam comes on. Dundee weren't fantastic. There's, there's a bit of disjointedness in, in Dundee's play. But when he comes onto the park... You know, he suddenly he brings everything together because he can buy himself a bit of time in the middle of the park, and he starts making other players look look better because he's he's playing them into space where they can hurt teams. He's playing balls down the left wing to the likes of Jordan Marshall to get up and put crosses in the box. He's putting in good set plays as we've seen, and really, if only Dundee had another two or three Charlie Adams, they wouldn't be in the situation they are in at this point in time. But can Charlie Adams play every? minute of the last six games, you know, that is very doubtful, Tam, because he's not managed that throughout the season, and given his th- given his age and that is, it's hard to see him being involved, and Dundee just haven't managed to be, you know, the same team when he's not on the park. So, you know, Endeavour will get them so far, but they need to find some quality in, in these last few games that are going to get wins, or what they need to do is get their noses in front in games. And show a bit more resilience at the back. They still, they still sadly are unable to keep keep the ball out of the net at the other end, which you know has been, has been their downfall for so much of the season.
0: Yeah, Alan. I mean, you're looking at Dundee from a bit further away than we do. If you're if you're taking a team to play Dundee, is the first thing you're looking at is the team sheet to see if Charlie Adams' name's on it. I mean, it's yeah, it's clearly vital. He makes them tick and.
2: More to the point, he just, you know, as Bear alludes to, he, he lifts everyone around him. He makes every single person within his vicinity a better player just due to that technique and his ability to break the lines and find a teammate and open the game up. And he's also that set piece delivery, that ability to get a shot away. It is just a, a completely different team, but that's not. In many ways, that's not specific to Dundee. You look around the entire Scottish top flight, how many Charlie Adams are there? He's technically a very, very special footballer. So, of course, if he is um, on the team sheet, then Dundee United will, you know, be prepared for that. They'll have somebody that will look to sit on him, look to make sure that he doesn't get um, that level of possession. It obviously depends whether Charlie will, you know, operate, will hire up the pitch or sit in that sort of quarterback role. That would depend whether it's, uh, you know, that would uh, sorry dictate whether or not that's a job for someone like, say, a, a Nicky Clark dropping back from the front, given his work ethic, or a or a Callum Butcher if, if Charlie Adam was to play more in an advanced role. So yeah, though of course Dundee United will be looking at that team sheet, and if Charlie Adam is not on it, then it's. Uh, Massive boost. That's one worry that they don't need to concern themselves with, unless um, or until such a point as he comes on the pitch.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I mean, as Bears just pointed out, you mean that they've had to do without him a lot this season, and it looks like they might have to do without him altogether next season. George. Yeah, that was
4: interesting. Uh, Chanting last week, he was put up as the as the preview for uh, the game of the weekend, and the kind of assumption. That everyone had made was that he'd, he'd triggered his, the, the extension of, of another year uh, by playing enough matches this season. It was something he'd actually put in the public realm, I think, uh, December or November that he was coming close to that. Um, but they're, they're in talks about what's going to happen with him for next season. Uh, he's wanting to do some coaching, I think, and I'm sure Dundee would like to facilitate that. So I think there might be a, a different kind of role for him next season if he stays at the club. He also mentioned that he doesn't know who the manager is going to be or the club doesn't know because Mark McGee and, and Simon Rusk their contracts end in the summer and and there's a well that Oh, I have to wait and see what happens with yeah. that. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where I was going with that. But, uh, um, no, but
0: there's obviously uncertainty because yeah. he, he can't assume that a new manager is going to want
4: him. Exactly. And we've all seen the, the amount of money that he's on uh, from his court case, the three and a half grand a week. I don't think Dundee are going to want to pay that if they're in the championship, which looks Equally, more likely than.
0: Is that maybe part of it? Does he want another season in the championship?
4: I don't think he wants to play in the championship but I think he might want uh, another season but he, he said he uh it, if he's going to continue playing it will be a player coach type role um and yeah it's I'm sure that's something that he's got in his mind go, going further forward um and it might suit him to just reject rejigs- agreement they already had to, to, to get him into the, the coaching side, I think, because you don't want to lose him. As we've talked about, the, not just the, his ability, but his attitude around the place. He brings the kind of Premier League mentality uh, to everybody um, and, and lifts the place. So, they could do with, with keeping him around
0: um, beyond the season, but we'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I, I don't know. Throw this one at you, Beard, and see how you handle it. But I was speaking to a manager who I won't name, uh, a veteran manager, and he, uh, just last week, and he said the biggest change in his time in management in Scotland and in football in general is legs. Now, being a dafty, I thought, well, you always needed legs to play football. But, but obviously, what he, made, he said he said, nowadays, every single player in your team has to be able to, to run for ninety minutes—that's almost a prerequisite now. At his age, at this stage of his career, Charlie Adams uh, going to struggle to do that. And I mean, can you see a situation where, uh, if particularly if it's a new manager comes in and says, "Well, I want—I want 11 players who can run," because I felt—I don't know about you, but I felt at times this season, as much as he's given the team. The managers then had a problem: who plays beside him because he he needs legs uh, to to compensate for his his lack of ability to last ninety minutes physically.
3: Well, you're right to a point, but I'm sure that that veteran manager, if Charlie, if he was managing the team, would have had Charlie Adam in the team every week if, if he could have. It's how you, as you say, how do you compensate that? You've got to have other players there who who pick up. That slack, you know, maybe Charlie can't get to a certain area, can't get back quickly enough, or can't get up the park quickly enough. But here, what he brings to the team, you'd have a minute. I mean, Charlie Adam hasn't got the legs anymore, but we know that for a fact. And in another season down the line, he'll probably be, you know, he's not going to get any quicker, that's that's for sure. Um, but but what he brings to the overall, overall game in, in terms of experience and ability he Can still do a job as we've seen this season for Dundee. You know, I, I dread to think if he hadn't been in the team, what their points, Charlie, would be. I've also got to say with Charlie, you know, he's not one of these shrinking violets. So, and <laughs> just gets, ask Lewis, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> no. gets involved in games as well, though. I mean, and you need that. So, he is going to pick up injuries, not just straight stretches and strains, but he gets stuck in, he puts tackles in, and you do pick up injuries yourself putting tackles in. He, he doesn't hang back. So, no, I think. He's just got. I think you've got to find a way to get Charlie in the team, but to get others around him who can pick up. You know, you know the areas that maybe he can't get to. That that's a
0: fact. And where he's quick, is the ball at his feet. His, yeah. his feet haven't slowed down when he's got the ball there, has he? No, the
4: and the, the kind of purity he strikes the ball with is, is kind of even in the Premier League down south. Probably he'd be right up at the, at the top of. That, that kind of, if you could measure that, I don't know. I've I made made that up. I don't know. But um, no, it's. I, I agree with Bear. The aggression they brings in the middle of the park. You could see it when he came on a, against Aberdeen. He was. That's something Dundee struggled with in the first half. Uh, they had a lot of long balls, and Declan Gallagher was, was all over them. Suddenly, Dundee had Danny Mallon up front, and then Chala had him in behind them, and he was he was pushing people about, and he likes to bully opposition players sometimes. Uh, which is maybe not the nicest thing, but
0: in your but team, you yeah. want that in your team, don't you? I and a then, lot of that comes with experience, doesn't it? I mean, we, we, we mentioned it there. He, he, he gave uh, Lewis Ferguson a couple of slaps when he got too close to him. And then him, I and tell him off after Dundee's the first game well, And yeah. then, <laughs> then lectured him, uh, not live on TV, but in a TV interview. But that that's what comes with experience. You, an experienced player can do that and turn around to the referee and say, sort him out.
2: It's not just experience as well. It's you can just see visibly, to put it in simplistic terms, he absolutely despises losing. You know, that that mentality, that sort of desire that you need to reach the level of the game that Charlie Adam played at um, doesn't just happen. You know, even if Charlie Adam was never the running 15 kilometres in 90 minutes type, you still need an incredible desire, just you know, incredible will to win to reach the level of football that he reached, you know, playing for Liverpool, to you know, playing for Scotland so many times. So, um, you know, not to repeat all the the praise that you guys have given him. Just that the thing that I would add to it is just that will to win and the, how clearly visibly furious he is when Dundee lose football matches is not to be discounted that's a mentality you want in your dressing room as well as
0: everything else that the guys have touched on that that Charlie brings and uh, moving on George to the other end of the age scale at Den's the young kid Luke Graham is getting a lot of attention now we'll we'll praise Tam Courts for using young players did James McPake and now Mark McGee deserve equal praise for not throwing in this kid at a very, very difficult time for Dundee.
4: Yeah, I I would say so. He's been on loan at Lockheed United so obviously they could have brought him back in January. But I think um, he's he's only just turned 18 and I I was having a scroll through online. I found the photo last summer when he signed his pro contract and he he looked like a a young lad. Not it's difficult to tell just from a photograph, but he didn't look like a, a first-team footballer yet. Yeah. Um, so I think I think he's come on leaps and bounds actually at Lockheed United. Uh, from speaking to to Scott Robertson, they've been really impressed with the kind of improvements that he's made there, and he's been learning the kind of physical side of the game and, and battling with strikers and things like that. So he's he's been learning that in the junior football. I think it's really important to to get that under your belt before. You get anywhere near the first team. He's not even trained yet with the first team. Um, I, I know there's a lot of fans when the, the story came out, they were asking, "Oh, why is he not in our team? But I think there's a reason for that. James pick obviously the previous manager, had no fears about throwing in young lads either. He'd obviously seen come up with a lot of the Max Andersons and, and players like that. So the, there is a reason that they've kept him at, at Lockheed United. It's a good learning Place for him, um, but what they don't want to see is young player get snapped, uh, uh, taken away from yeah, them before he the even field gets field. to the first
0: team. That's that's, that's Arsenal, something. Rangers, Celtic. Yeah, um, he's been on trial at Sheffield United.
4: Yeah, he's, I think he's still on down there this week.
0: Sounded like I knew all that. he <laughs> actually put that down for me. <laughs>
4: did. And and speaking to Lee Wilkie uh, earlier this week, he, he obviously real connections with Lockheed United I did seen a lot of them uh, and kind of compared him to Harry Suter when he came through at you United know, because he's tall, but he's good on the ball. And he was saying that that's what clubs down south are looking for in the defender. They, they want somebody with a kind of physical stature, but they can play a bit as well. So Dundee, it sounds like Dundee have got a real gem on the hands, whether they can keep him. That's that's the thing. But he is under contract at the moment, so they will get something for him
0: if he goes. And Bear is a former star of the Juniors. A long time ago now. Bad, <laughs> it. Um, it worked for Louis Pierre uh, mm-hmm. at United not so long ago and uh, it's working for this lad. It's, it seems to be, it's a forgotten thing for clubs to do largely, but it does seem to bring them on.
3: Well, it used to be, I mean, before I signed, and I signed for Lock United at 19, um, that was in. You know, to <laughs> um, <laughs> I think uh, you mean seventy. Yeah, but not I it was more in the seventies time when they would put players out to the the junior clubs and, and even just to get them fit. You know, if they'd had an injury, the, the six senior players and have been out to junior clubs to, to give them a run and get them going again. It seems more the case now it's younger players. Um and it's good for them. It's, it's good for them to be involved in an environment where you know that the they're, they're in with in with men obviously getting games, that's that's mo- the most important thing, they get games. You know, they're in an environment where they learn not just on the park, but off the park at training, you know, and and how everything works. You know, how you've got to work hard to get anything in life. And these guys are actually, they're part-time players, effectively. They're going and doing a job during the day. This lad's got a chance to go and make a living out of football. And I think when when you see how others, you know, operate, you know, junior football, there is some money, but there's not a huge amount of money in it. These guys have got to go and get up and do an eight-hour shift and come and play a game at football. This lad might appreciate it more when he goes back to the And Just saying what George said, I don't know much about the lad at all, actually. But I saw, I saw a picture of him and he's still got a bit of a yeah, physically yeah. develop, development to do. You see, uh, as we know, clubs in England m- might well be looking for centre-halves that can play. But that to play... Yeah, to play down there, you've got to be big. I mean, you look at the center half now, you look at someone like Ryan Sweeney, for example. Big, big lad, you know, and, but he's got to be... Because the strikers nowadays tend to be a bit more physical as well. You see guys like Ramirez and, and you know Alfredo Morelos top of the top of the league and you know for Rangers. So that's he's got a bit of development to do and he can benefit from it from his time at at Lough United, Lough United. But I'd like to see him in Dundee D-shirt time as well. Yeah, being being I, a fan, I would hate to think that he's going to leave the club without actually getting a chance to see him.
0: Well, I'm interested in the comparison with Harry Suter because United always said Harry Suter was very very special. Mm. But what was always clear. I think because he's so tall, was they had to wait for his physical development and the problem was as soon as that came. He was
4: gone. He was
0: gone. Yeah, Somebody I think came in with uh, the yeah. money and this might be the danger. Yeah, well, did he only play two games or something like that, I think? Uh, yeah, I saw, At the I end saw him play in a League Cup that, that growth, and that's the only time I remember seeing him in the first team. I know
4: and that's the, the big problem we've got in Scottish football as a whole um, and I think it's probably more pronounced now that the clubs down south, they can't, Go to Europe quite so easily and bring players, young players, in with Brexit and all that sort of stuff. Before we get into politics, but it's a bit harder now to grab these players from France or wherever. So now a lot of them are looking up here, and there's talent up here um, that can be put into their academy structure. And but they could, they've got the money to take gambles as well, where they, the, the players don't have to make it. But one of them, ha- if one of them makes it out of twenty, then they're probably doing okay. So. It doesn't help our league though, because the players disappear before they make the first team. Um, so, I would very much like to see him in a Dundee shirt uh, before he maybe jets off somewhere else. I think.
0: Well, folks, there you go. You heard it here first. George Cran blames Brexit <laughs> for the demise of Scottish football. Well, I think we'll we'll get back to football <laughs> after this in the derby. Right chaps, now to the bit three of us have been putting off and Alan's been waiting to speak. So Alan in your first derby is our official Dundee United man and you're getting a victory.
2: I would love to predict more than that I would love to predict it will be a thrilling end-to-end contest, breathless chances every five minutes, the fans enrapture for the first uh, three o'clock uh, Dundee Derby in about 17 years I think I read, so you know it's a special occasion and I'd love it to be marked with a, a, a blockbuster fixture but <laughs> I can't see it, I look at the, the goal tallies of the respective teams and the previous two derbies this season and Taking it on an evidence basis, you, you'd be blindly hoping for a great game. So I reckon we're looking at let's say one 0 to Dundee United, same as last time at Tannadice. Uh, I think it will be attritional, will be scrappy, limited chances, and somebody, somebody will make themselves a hero at some point over the ninety minutes.
0: George, one mm-hmm. nil to Dundee United. Would you take that? Would I take He'll it? Take it, Eh... <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> I speak as someone who's seen a few four and five nulls. More than a few. <laughs> six twos. Yeah. Many. Wise.
4: And two six twos. Yeah. Um though I, I agree with Alan. I think it's gonna be low scoring as the previous two games have been. I had a look through some of the stats this week and the basic one is the lowest three scoring teams in the league are St Johnston, Dundee and Dundee United. Um K okay, side's a place for prelists I know. i um, tickets now? <laughs> Let's Get your
2: courier subscriptions <laughs> renewed.
4: <laughs> and the top scorer of all the teams is Danny Mullen on six in the league and Nicky Clark has five. So I, th- I think it's gonna be tight. Uh one goal in it. I'll I'll predict that dundee will Oh, win it 1-0 and Ryan two will score.
2: How about that? Oh, he picked a scorer? Yeah. Okay. Well, for a corner. Because Dundee can't score from anything but set pieces. In, in that case, if we're going that deep, then Ross Graham's scoring the one
0: <laughs> in my, my prediction. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Top scorer. I thought George had coffee in his cup. Bear. It's obviously gin. <laughs> Get some of that over here, George. <laughs> Get some over here. You would take a 1-0 for Dundee.
1: Oh.
3: <laughs> Bite your hand off for it. Every Dundee fan would. Tell them where we are at this point in time. They need a win. They need a win. There's no denying that going into this, obviously St. Johnson you know, getting the getting the three points at the weekend there again, you know, against against Livingston, um, and they've opened up that gap. Dundee need to need to close that gap this week. We're obviously relying on Celtic doing a job against St. Johnson. Um, but you've got to look after yourself. And as I said previously, Dundee need to start getting wins. That's the only way they're going to get themselves out of this. I think it'll be really tight. There's no doubt. You know, there's so much at stake. Um, and the previous two games have been, you know, eeksy-peeksy. I think for Dundee, I think it'll be 1-0. one, one nil, And I'm, I'm I'm desperately hoping it's for Dundee. But I think for Dundee to do that, they'll have to score before the last 20 minutes. If the game is 0-0 yeah. going into the last 20 minutes, I will start to become really concerned that it's another one of these ones where you know, they're going to pop up with a late winner because they've done it so often. They've done it earlier on in the season against Dundee, but they're capable of doing it. You know, they've got... I think you know, they have got... Well, they don't score a lot of goals. They've got more players in their team capable of scoring a goal. Yeah. If you know what I mean, you know across their, across their startling eleven, um, and that worries me. Um, so yeah, hopefully one nothing Dundee, but I think that's got to be the scoreline going
0: in the last twenty minutes. I must admit, I mean, I don't want to get into the punditry side that you guys are there now. I've left all that behind. It's common as muck, I find. <laughs> I've I've got a feeling in my bones that this is a Comfortable United victory.
1: Yeah.
0: I think they've got... And, and again, thanks to your notes, Sean Dillon has been speaking about the pain uh, of the Doon Derby in 2016. Now, I know the pain Sean went through because I was with him after the final whistle. And uh, he was hurting a lot. Now, the turnover in staff at clubs is so quick this season. The players, the players there now might not realise that, but if they're listening to the fans... Oh. Uh, they'll know that the United fans see this as uh, a chance for some form of revenge from that that day, and also, Alan, is there an argument that if United can get ahead with a re- reasonably early in the game, say before half time, there's a chance for them to relax in this game because they've secured the top six. They're on they're on course for their uh, the latest three points in their quest for fourth place, and then they can start playing a bit of football.
2: Given Dundee's struggles in front of goal, I think the first goal will be absolutely massive. So, yeah, if they get it early, there will be that feeling of, well, Dundee aren't exactly free scoring, so maybe we can play a little bit. But also, more than just the you know how threatening Dundee are in general, there's the pressure that's on Dundee. It's absolutely suffocating at the moment. So, if... Dundee United were to go ahead in the opening 10 minutes what does that do for Dundee mentally what does it do to their fans in the away end what does it do to the atmosphere the place all of a sudden becomes absolutely raucous and that will drive on Dundee United to potentially get a bigger scoreline you know when I was speaking to Sean you know he was emphasising that that Dundarby as it was won't affect the manager won't affect the players as you say turnover dictates that however They'll feel it on the pitch, that desire from the fans to put down a marker and, I mean, let's not kid ourselves, it's not comparable. You're relegating your rivals on is not comparable with edging them a little bit closer to the trapdoor. But it can still be an absolutely marvellous day. It can still be a really memorable one. And the Dundee United fans will feel that from the moment they step onto the pitch. And you can tell that by the fact that they, all their tickets for the match were sold about a fortnight in advance. So there's a, a real desire there to not only get that top six place, but to pile a little bit more misery on their fiercest foes.
0: Yeah, George, the United fans will feel that if Dundee go into the split, six points adrift of St. Johnson, as in, in, in fairness, although given Dundee's luck this season, St. Johnson will probably get a point at Parkhead or whatever, but, but they'll feel that's Dundee down.
4: Yeah, it's probably as close as you can get to a Dundee derby in the opposite direction, because Dundee are, are on the edge, you would say, um, six points behind, goal difference is... I think they can only hope for Celtic to to give St Johnston a bit of a stuff and to maybe give them a chance on the goal difference because that's basically an extra point. We talked about it with just a few weeks back on on the podcast, if if Dundee go into the, the split more than four points behind, then it's it's pretty much curtains. And but my attitude hasn't changed on that. Um, St Johnston are actually looking to catch some Mirren and that's Aberdeen are on level with them as well. And they, they fancy their chances of that now. Uh, so Dundee, could, even if Dundee win most of their matches, they could still go down. Um, so they're in, in serious, serious trouble, and Dundee United fans, if I was in, the, in their shoes, that wouldn't, there's probably no better place to be going into a derby than the chance to kind of give them a right good kick and well, well they're already down. Yeah,
0: or nearly a, down. Mark McGee, I thought cleverly, focused on that right after the game last Saturday and saying, look, if tough as it is, if Dundee can win at Tannadice, the chances are there'll only be three points behind St Johnstone. Um, even more than it being a derby, is that what he'll focus on with his players?
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, that's maybe being a wee bit disrespectful to St Johnston, who've just won their last two games, but uh, yeah, you would expect Celtic to, to do the business at home, certainly, when they're pushing for the title. But... Mark McGee and, and Simon Rusk need a win. Tom, I mean, how many games as that they've been in for now, George, half a half a dozen or so, eight games, no wins. Now, what's the
0: opposite of a new manager bounce?
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> no wins. That's you know, come on, we need we need a victory and, and we need it on Saturday. But if they get that, can you imagine the lift? And especially if St Johnston do lose to Celtic, which it, it could well happen, can you imagine the lift they'll take going in? to the the final five games, there will be genuine belief that they can get themselves out of it. A derby, it's hard to sort of, you know, fathom what a a derby win can do for confidence and and, and everything and morale at the club. So if they get that, they can give themselves a huge boost going into these final games and there would be genuine belief that they could get themselves out of it, Tom. but they need to get a win.
0: Right. And because this is a Derby special, George has got a wee surprise for us in a brown envelope. <laughs> <laughs> or three yeah, brown envelopes. Yeah, you could, you could, you
4: could. There's no money in them, don't
0: right? yeah, we? Well, being older, Bear and, I, Bear and I come from that time in football when a brown envelope meant cash payment, no <laughs> tax required. But we're about to be disappointed, aren't we, George?
4: Oh, yeah, desperately disappointed, I would say. I've put together a wee quiz for you lads.
2: So there's absolutely no pressure on Alan Temple in this. I was going to say this is. I'm going to get absolutely battered here. This is. I'm oh, very no, much. Oh, oh, oh. I'm very much the Arvid Schenk of this <laughs> situation, <laughs> just being thrown in completely out of my depth. Sorry,
0: Alan. You're stripped. You're playing <laughs> under the same pressure as the rest of us. Nightmare. You're, you've you've well, got to be ready.
4: Well, I'm I'm hoping he can put pressure on on the right, pair what, of you. What
0: are you going to do with these envelopes, John?
4: Well, I'm going to get Morvan to pick a number between one and three. <laughs>
0: Our producer Morgan keeps keeps us right sometimes. Two. Okay. Tom Duffy's getting number two. You don't get it. All oh, right. This yeah. is a, this is a fix here. What? You he said pick a number. And Marvin Aye. says two inches of arts, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. This is like a Scottish Cup semi-final, bro. With the old fur It's a World Cup again. And Qatar will play. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish.
4: Right, okay, question
0: one. You ready?
4: Yep. Which player scored the most goals in one single
0: derby? In, in, in the history of the fixture, Alan Coliseen. Can Are we allowed to pass over? Are you reading <laughs> it? He's reading it, aye. Oh, can I? Oh, right, I, I, I who, who did
4: I, he play for? United. Uh, Peter Mackay. Uh, no. Willie Pettigrew.
1: Oh. Four goals.
4: Now, question number two. Who scored Dundee's last derby goal?
0: Alan <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dundee's last derby goal. I'm trying to think. Craig Whiting. <laughs> That's a few years ago as well.
4: Uh, Grimsdons.
0: Oh yeah, one all draw.
4: Yeah. Uh, which team has had more red cards in the last ten years?
0: I mean, I, if it hadn't been the last ten years, I would have said Dundee. I'd, I'm going to, I'm going to stick my neck. Out, I think. I think it should be Dundee, therefore I'll say United. <laughs>
4: uh, it's Dundee, uh, uh, five to two. I didn't realise it's been quite. George,
3: a let's be honest: if the referees have done their job and <laughs> sent <Cal or> <laughs> off, <laughs> fact, well, she's, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh dear, Bear's got his soapbox. Eh? I'm impressed but you, you know? managed to get that, and at some point you've been waiting. <laughs> You're looking good now, and he's got none for three. <laughs> so if he gets none, then
0: I can match that. I'm confident. Right, question yeah. number four. I'd just like to thank. Uh, my former employees for saying I retired and wasn't actually <laughs> sacked when they found out I was useless.
4: Right, who's scored the most Derby goals in the last ten years? There's two players that are on four, so one of those two. There's one for each team.
0: How you wish you didn't go to the clubby before the games now. I hey? know. Five, four, three, two, one. You don't They're really follow football, do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your question. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I thought it was only three sorry. questions. No, no, it's five oh, no. questions, sorry. Oh, who scored the most goals? So, this is shambles, This is eh? a shambles. I don't, I, I don't think Bradley Walsh and Alec <laughs> randor Armstrong have got much to worry I about, believe, about us. I can't believe he gave himself a countdown. I, <laughs> I, I know, I should have been thinking about an answer. Uh, who scored the most goals? Nikki Clark.
3: Anyone else have a guess? Must be Lawrence Shankland. No, you'll have to And must be Greg Stewart. Greg Stewart. Oh, I was Greg, was Stewart say got
4: Greg Stewart. Greg <sighs> Surprisingly, United's top score in the last 10 years is Blair Spittle. Oh, oh, wow. Sake. Yeah. Last question, number five. Oh, and it's still me, yeah. just for clarity. I know, no, I'll speed up. There have been five non Scots as Dundee managers. Can you name three of those nationalities? Italian.
0: Five non-Scots Dundee, in Derby
4: games. No, I didn't have the time to look through if they'd actually managed the Derby just in the history of Dundee. I'm
0: trying to think of Dundee. Matt. I can go back. I can go back. Well, Dave Smith, Gordon Wallace, Ian Monroe, Simon Stainrod. Right, so he's so English. So yeah, He's English. Ivano uh, Bonetti was Italian. And who else? I'm trying to think. No, you better just tell me. Well, I,
4: I said non Scotch, and non UK, so I'm, have a guess at that.
0: Another English manager. I'm working,
4: I'm no. A... There's well. other countries in the UK. <laughs> Irish.
0: <laughs>
4: Northern Irish. I'll let you have a look. The answers were Northern Irish. Oh, Alan
0: Kernigan, I did work was
4: Republic of Ireland.
0: Right. So, none out of five. No, 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 George. Alan Kernigan is Northern Irish. He played for the Republic of Well, Latin. that's officially in football terms. You know, the the yeah. unluckiest man, he, okay. he, he, and he supported Northern Ireland, but because of the agreement between the home countries, he couldn't play for Northern Ireland because he was born in England, and they had a the gentleman's agreement between the four home countries. So he eventually agreed to play for the Republic, and a month later they scrapped the, the <laughs> gentleman's right. agreement. George, so give him a waited. point, give him a right, point. he's, he's got, got one, over. one out of five. Then. But I don't, I'll,
4: I'll take a z- I'm used to zero. <laughs> <laughs> right, Marvin, uh, one or three? We'll
3: go with
4: three. That's right, for Mr Temple. Sure. Right, I'll speed up because we're running yeah.
0: out of time here. But three. Yes. yes, Alan, in 1923
4: in a derby. <laughs> well, well, here's, uh, the, uh, the, uh, this is a big one for a Dundee United writer. Question number one. Who is the all-time Dundee derby top goal scorer? And he's ahead of time already. With well, one... Well, I'd have yeah. put Davey dead Davey dead Davey, <laughs>
0: Davey, de- Davey you, I'd dead Davey dead Davey
4: dodd <laughs> 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 right question two who scored Dundee's last derby winner at Tannadice? Ian Hawks.
2: oh sorry oh, Dundee. Dundee, Dundee, Dundee pardon me no. uh, last derby winner at Tannadice. Oh, I, I might
1: know Christ. this
0: is his brother a pundit mm. played for St Martin. No, I've evidently
2: uh, played for St. Mirren. Played mm. for St loads, loads, loads of teams. Loads of
0: teams, and his brother was a his brother was a more famous player. And it's a pundit. I'll let um, I'll let Tam jump in for the glory here. I can't remember his name. It's oh, Sutton's, Sutton's, Sutton's brother.
2: John, John Sutton, Sutton. Yeah. John Sutton. No, no. Uh, <gasps> okay. Really, my that d- was my my the last winner at Tannadice. 2004. See, my
3: daughter yeah. was at primary
0: school.
2: Wow. Okay, question she three. Scored
3: three. the winner at Dens as well one time. Yeah, he did I?
4: Who was the last United player to be sent off against Dundee?
1: Uh,
0: I've clearly blanked that out. Is, he, is it one of their all-time greats by any chance? No. No. The, uh, the Mar- opposite end of the sketch. I the saw Morris Malpass get sent off <from> in the <laughs> I think it was the only team he was sent off possibly. Tell
4: me. Guy Demel.
0: Oh.
4: Dense part. oh, that's tough. That's, I a, a, that's tough, a tough question. one. are not get any
3: questions like that,
4: Right, well, he's got multiple choice for the next one. Four, how many matches are United unbeaten against Dundee at home? Is it nine, ten or eleven?
2: Right, so it's between now and 2004, um, as we've established, and we've had even number derbies <laughs> this season.
4: Yeah, I wasn't expecting that to quite and go this.
2: Uh, and there's... A League Cup one to make it. Well, let's see, 11. And he's correct.
3: Lucky oh, guess. I was a not lucky. lucky guess. Guess. You heard me working <laughs> it out. You did the
1: math.
4: No. Right, question five. There have been six non-Scots as Dundee United managers. Can you name three of those nationalities? Six non-Scots. Uh, so you can always just guess nationalities. English. That's one.
0: Uh, he wears a magic mm. huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. yugoslavia
2: yep uh, you think uh, Yep. Uh, and oh man i'm going to be missing something so obvious i hate these quizzes uh most obvious imaginable will i give them a clue no yeah,
1: yeah.
3: he's winning
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, bear's competitive streak here. I just accepted it. Let's least. throw
2: Irish out there.
1: Which Irish? Oh.
2: oh, Northern Irish. Correct. Well done, Sam Irving. That was way back in the like thirties. Um, I mean, yeah, I've got, oh, I've got, a, I've got, I've got a big piece
0: on Sam coming. <laughs> so. I remember. Uh, oh. <laughs> who, who could forget Sam? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Tom's well, face. George, did you do any work this week, or did no, you just exactly. research these obscure right. well, questions? Well, can you name
4: the, the two recent foreign managers then?
2: Oh my God, Hungary, Shaba. <laughs> oh yeah. man, the amount <laughs> of know, conversations I, I had with Shaba at Hearts. So how know. did I forget him? Oh,
4: and Mixu Patil. Three out of five. Bert. pressures on. You've got
0: number one. Right, we're up.
3: not that much. But well, did you get one? Yeah.
0: No, he tried to give me what he, right. he tried to give me one in a sympathy vote, but I refused. Yeah.
4: <laughs> right. Question one. Right. This player has scored for both teams in a derby, not at the same time, obviously. But who has scored the most derby goals for players that have played for both teams? If that makes sense. I've who, not read this question very well, have I? Who
0: who played, he's played scored? for both teams in a derby, and who scored
4: the most? He's second in the all-time list behind Paul Sturrock. Really? They scored for both.
0: Oh, Topcat! Come on, Tommy Coyne, Ian Ferguson. That serves you right for listening to me at that day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was evil. <laughs> I
0: thought it was right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, okay. I don't mind it, Tam. Keep it yeah. up. <laughs> no, that was a...
4: Question number two: Who scored Dundee United's last derby goal?
0: Can't remember. Ian Harkes.
4: Yeah correct
0: is that really a question yeah I know
4: Adam some of them have, have to be easier that. Right, who right. was the last Dundee player to be sent off against
1: United oh tough 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 tough, tough. can't remember
4: member of the goalkeepers union as well
3: oh Scotty Bain Scotty
4: Bain yeah oh yeah how many goals have Dundee scored at Tannadice in the last 10 years Nine, ten, or eleven. Nine.
0: Scored ten. Oh, I could have had a tiebreaker. I, I would have cried.
4: Can you name three of the nationalities that have scored in a derby since two thousand that are not from the UK? So three foreigners. Just name the nationality. Yeah.
0: Argentinian and
3: Argentinian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Argentinian. Mm. Irish?
4: Yep. There's plenty in from the <laughs> Republic.
0: Don't bulk on
1: ans, uh, your answer. There's lo- there's actually loads of answers here. Uh, mean I mean, Serbian.
3: You're not sure, are yeah. There's I no Serbian. <laughs> You've no. picked the only country <laughs>
4: you <laughs> on you, you, you could have had USA for Ian Harks. Yeah. You could have had France for El Bakhtu. Yeah. Nigeria for Oferi. Bulgaria for Gazalov. Turkey, Chivchi. All right, Plani George. Harry. All right.
3: I could German, <laughs> Lynch.
4: Lynch. Poland, Russia. I forgot. Mario Belati was guys. Russian, apparently. Who? Mario Belati, He was Russian. I thought he was Dutch. Uh, Spain right. for Nacho Novo. Venezuela, oh, and you, and Venezuela, and Georgia is the final one in the question. So, Alan Temple is the
2: winner of the quiz. Well, well I was, no, we
0: would just want to make him welcome. Yeah.
2: I was going to say thanks for that, guys. That was very softball. And love the, you. Pra- the prize is he gets to come back next week.
0: Oh, and oh, Alan, that's not really a prize, is it? I well,
2: didn't think I had that prize. I'm just glad I didn't embarrass myself.
0: Uh, plenty of time for that though. But you know, first day, and all. Right. Right. That's all we've got time for, and the good news is next week we won't have a quiz. It's good news <laughs> for you. <I> think. <laughs> well, I'm not coming if there's a quiz again. I used to be good at quizzes too. I'm depressed. Anyway, whoever you support on Saturday, good luck. I'm going shopping with a wife. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of The Tille Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice,
1: or go to the tele.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.